0: Hello, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to part two of my special Mavericks podcast from the Do Lectures in West Wales in early July 2017. I was very honoured to be invited to speak at the Do Lectures. And um, for those of you that haven't listened to part one or perhaps don't know what the Do Lectures is, it's the creation of four friends David and Claire Hyatt, who founded the uh, clothing brand Howie's, as well as Hyatt Denim and Andy Middleton and Mark Shaler. It takes place across the world, including in California, Um, but its home, its spiritual home and its actual home is on the Hyatts Farm in West Wales. I went down to give a talk and I was very keen to try to capture as much as I could of the essence of it for this podcast. It's 100 guests who pay £1,500, 20 speakers and then 20 or 30 um, helpers, people who are cooking, people who are running workshops, that sort of thing. Anyway, I wanted to um, get a feeling for you of the Do Lectures. And so I sat down with a number of speakers and a few attendees. And here are some of the results. I was fairly pushed because there's so much going on over the weekend that it was hard to really focus on grabbing the attention of everyone I'd like to have done. But I did get three of my key targets here. So here they are. I'm going to start off with Andy Middleton, who um, lives in Wales and is essentially a surfer at heart and is now really just a committed environmentalist and a change activist. Is that a phrase? I don't really know if I should be saying that sort of thing. It sounds a bit jargonesque. But anyway, he's committed massively to change. And so here to start off is Andy Middleton. Um, I'm here with my friend Andy Middleton, who is one of the original founders of the do lectures and I, I suppose that in in doing this podcast Andy I want to be careful that I don't suppose that everybody knows kind of what you set out to do when you started this so just kind of give me because you know we tend to forget that because everybody here knows what it is what what it, what, what was the idea
1: David and Claire Hyatt were the with a kind of the geniuses who kind of who started this uh, and both came out of kind of creative industries from you know from Cardiff originally moved down to the west coast and what was um, bringing that kind of spark of knowing how to communicate stuff differently. Ran a, you know, David was running a, a, a jeans business and uh, Howie's, and ran a sponsor. It a really small event. We had like 12 speakers and audience of 30, no cameras, just audio, which would, which would be, remain, I suspect, as the famous lost tapes.
0: Right, okay, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um,
1: but, uh, and that was called Little Big Voice. And the idea, okay. the idea then was to, um, to help activists find their voice, and I brought an activist from a whole bunch of the kind of different areas, and David brought together people he knew from the kind of creative world, so you know Dan Germain from Innocent and the guy from Rainlance and you know, Branders and all this kind of stuff, and saying if this is how you craft a message, and that was re- that was really lovely and got a sense of what the potential was for this kind of thing, and then like, eighteen months later. Came up you know came up with the the idea of do about bringing people together you know to get a to drink inspiration from the fire hose and connect to like-minded people with the, you know with this intention that we can maybe you know at least build the capacity some more capacity for good change to happen yeah and um and this is our i think if i remember rightly one year we did two talks and this is our this is our, this is our ninth year now of, of doing this so we've had about one and a half people who come through the Do. It runs in on an occasional basis in uh, Australia and the States. We've had one in Costa Rica. And, and in addition to the Do lectures, quite a few of the speakers do workshops up in London and Bristol mm. and other places where you get like a half day dose of some of the ideas and stuff that have been discussed here.
0: And you, you came on board really because you are an activist fundamentally, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So I always had this real sense about you know how fragile our relationship with nature was and stuff concerned about what was going on, went on a few programs to kind of calibrate my thinking, Schumacher College and Cambridge and stuff, and realised that there's this massive disconnect where something like only 20% 20 of people at work at most are actively engaged in their work. Right. And active engagement means bringing your heart and your mind to the job. Yeah. So you come to work to do your best every day, rather than do what your boss asks you to do.
0: Right, okay. and an
1: equal percentage of people at the other end actively disengage, so they we'll do as little as they can, to stop the, in case the boss finds out. Right, and in the middle, people are not—they're not bad people; they're just not connected to their work. They're technically professional, but the heart's not in it. So you had a kind of massive human disconnect, and we're screwing the planet at the same time.
0: I know that you're—you're you're an optimist, but is your sense that things are really—we're um, we're, really—the tick- time is ticking away as fast as—yeah, as, as, yeah, it's, as it, people it, say, it, uh, the, you know, the the. Those who have the worst it's, vision it's, say it is. It's,
1: generally speaking, I think the vast, vast majority of even informed people have no clue how bad it is. Right. Because the, the scientists don't say how bad it is because we would lose hope. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, we are, we're at a critical stage. However, you know, the, the magic of the, kind of, of the community here is people with these incredible smarts from the corporates. Yes. I mean, incredible smarts. So you get a, are there a lot of corporate people that do? Well, uh, I get a small C corporate, I guess, but people yes. who are doing cool, who know how to get cool, cool shit done well. Yes. And so one of my projects is to, you know, which is which a big part of my focus, is an idea called Slipstream Whales. It takes the motif of a flock of wild geese right. in formation. They save 65% of energy by surfing the turbulence of each other's wings. And they rotate the leadership so they don't get tired. Yes. And they speak to each other the whole way. Each other the whole yeah, way. Yeah, they course. talk. Another lovely, yeah. And, and the broad idea is that if government and business and community really got us to act together, flew in the same direction, it could save the same amount of time and energy. So what, so, what, so tell me in, in a few words what you're doing with this. What... So what we're doing is working with the, the whole of the farming community, or the, all the farming unions in Wales, to see if we can work together with corporates and community to fix farming forever right and how that, that's and they've just said and broadly speaking they said let's do it because because without criticizing them or without being critical of them it's possible to say you know your system is broken i know it's broken and i know that you can't talk about it in public because people wouldn't get why mm. but off, between, off, off track or you know closed doors not private but kind yeah. of in private. In other
0: words, so you're not kind of overly exposing yourself to, or make yourself vulnerable. Not making yeah, yourself someone vulnerable. Someone
1: come and say, ha, you said that, so you can't have correct. any grants so Correct. So what we're doing is pulling together a posse of progressive food companies and others to say, A, how can we... Um, how, could you supply all the hospitals in Wales with food grown from within five miles of the hospital? And so that you, if you happen to be in there, you know that you're eating Mrs Jenkins's beef. Yeah. Oh, she's my wife's cousin. Yes. You know. So okay. you get a human connection to the food, to the place through to working with corporates, progressives like M&S and others, and Unilever, and saying, tell us where you wanna to get to by 2035, and we'll build it for you. It's interesting, this, and I suppose my principal question is, do
0: you fundamentally believe that the corporates actually want to, to, to be good
1: and go on this journey with you? I am I, convinced beyond question that there are, not all, but I'm, I'm convinced beyond question a lot of them are really deeply starting to understand if we don't fix it the wheels come off right okay and as and as paul uh and as paul hawkin talks about uh, there is no business to be there is no business case for a dead planet yes yeah kind of stuff and yeah. i think, the, and, I think the smart and they're of,
0: human beings after all and they're people, human beings they know. care
1: they've got kids and stuff and they yeah. know that their kids are chasing them so i i am really hopeful. And you think they
0: just can't they think you think they're just struggling to find the way
1: yeah, in part. But and I think for me, again, when we can help to curate or connect different communities together who might otherwise be critical or suspicious and bring the unlikely parts of the system together. Yes. With the un- unusual stories and take, like, some of the stories from here, like Rob, who's from FanDuel, Yeah. Not my world at all, online gaming. But Jesus, does that guy know how to build a community? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of stuff. And so that, those are the unlikely suspects. Yes. You can go and, and or talk to makers and say, can we hack the food system with your technology? Of course. So yes. for me, it's those uh, cross pollinations from different disciplines that give me hope that, that we, we are no way with, you know, beyond sight of being able to create a, you know, it's, it, no way is it too late to do stuff. And when we start to really care and put our pockets and our hearts in line with what we know wants to happen, shift happens. Okay, brilliant. So if just one final thing. If if people are, 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 are
0: interested in listening to what you're saying, where where do they what do they look at? Who how do they find out? So, some so of on,
1: stuff? On, tw- on on Twitter, I'm on at Green Green. Mm-hmm. So you know to so ping me a message and say you know fi- find out more. I think there are um, th- that from a business connect perspective, the single best club to join is B Corp. Yes. Yeah, letter B. C O R P. B Corp, who are a group of two and a half thousand businesses worldwide, changing capitalism from the inside the best network I've ever met. Right, okay. Um, and and just kind of uh, And your business is B Corp, isn't it? Yeah our business, T yeah. TYF.com is our business. We're working education, adventure, health, um, and shifting the shifting the dial on this stuff. So if there's anyone interested, yeah. absolutely get okay, in touch B Corp. and I would love yeah. to talk. Okay. Tom Herbert is um, a
0: friend of ours. He's been incredibly supportive to us at the Good Life Experience and is one of the few people who has come and given his time for all four years. He was part of the Fabulous Baker Brothers and of the Hobbs House Bakery. He's really well known now as a baker. He oozes charisma. Um, I love Tom. I kind of want to be Tom. Um, But I sat down with him in the Hyatt's beautiful little vegetable patch and had a brief chat. So here's Tom Herbert. So, what, so you've been here eight years, and, and I mean, do you? What what do you? What is it that attracts you to this place?
2: Yeah, um, I do love it. Like I really look forward to coming. It it um, it excites me as I'm coming here. I kind of yeah. I'm excited about it. And I think perhaps um you know we wear different hats don't we in life and it's like the work hat and when i'm a dad and they're all just part of me so i don't feel like i'm being conscious or overthinking it but i get to be kind of i get to i really feel like i get to be me here yes i i I find there's real freedom in it and i'm stimulated obviously by the the talks and the uh just meeting lots of people i love meeting people yeah yeah i really love meeting people isn't
0: it funny to recognize someone said to me about 15 or 20 years ago. The thing about you, Charlie, is that you like people. I was like, shit, I've never thought of it like that. I just <laughs> thought everyone Yeah, doesn't everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some people obviously don't. No, yeah.
2: So it's a thrill to, it. And now yeah. you're doing a book with these guys. Yes, I am, yes. Yeah, so that's coming yeah. out. Well, actually I'm launching it at The, well, the Good Life. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because, well, so it's called Wild Baking um, and, and probably those recipes, that, well, those recipes I've done over the last eight years, eight years here, they've, some of them have gone into the tv shows i've done with my brother and we've found a way of kind of putting them on youtube or whatever and they live in other people's lives they already have some momentum but i've pulled them together and many others and some old family favorites and they go in this book
0: and i i think that the first time i ever met you you told a story about writing your first book kind of standing up on a train is that a correct memory yeah
2: that's true Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah
0: which was probably a long time ago. I didn't... Oh, I mean, my,
2: well, I what was it, maybe 2012, something like no, that? No,
0: no, this was before, no, you, no, I, when I say I met you, I I came to listen to you speak at Hay, and oh, yeah. I think it was just when your TV shows were kind yeah, of taking off Yeah, that was 2012. And was it really? Yeah, it was, yeah. Man, that feels it like might have much been longer. It than, might have been 11. Okay, and yeah. you said that you would kind of travel down from Pennington after filming or yeah. something. so,
2: yeah, so, like, having taught uh, bread making, you know, the weekends and stuff. Uh, some, yeah, it started really because, well, I knew I liked it, but also um, as a way of um, testing out my recipes with you know, yeah, real yeah, yeah. people and, and earning a bit of pocket money, like, you know,
3: yeah.
2: uh, which is helpful. And um, uh, and it occurred to me, well, I knew that if I did a book, that would be a great way to share this to a wider audience with the big aim of, like, well, you know, from what I could see and with what Rick Stein or Q or Jamie have done, like, TV's just, like, the ultimate way to share what I love with as many people as possible. So, uh, but books seem a bit more realistic. And anyway, uh, it's a longer story for another time, but my brother and I ended up with our own... We'd we'd both done lots of TV by ourselves, but we got this TV show together. And our agent said, well, the only downside is, like, they commissioned it on something like the 15th of October to air on the 4th of January. And it's the fastest ever commission to transmission uh, for a food programme, and, so, and one of the, and perhaps the fastest Channel 4 have ever done, oh, and they said the only problem is there's not going to be time to do a book, and then 12 days later they said there's a book deal on the table, and the deal was we could have, uh, not to be filthy to give, I won't talk about money, but percentages-wise, it was like, it will be uh, 2% if you give your name to it, of the, uh, uh, what is it, the advance, uh, 12% if you have your faces on the cover and your name, and we're like, well how much if we write it and they came back a day later and said, well, we'll go
0: 50%. Right, so you thought we'd so better
2: like, do... Yeah, it's an all or nothing. There's no <laughs> yeah. way I'm having a book with my name on it yeah. if I've not written and it. And getting 2% it. But for we didn't it. have time to write it. So while we were up and back to London filming, we wrote it on the train and we'd I, I just got an iPad. I, they weren't long out. I found that, um, yeah, you can divide the keypad with your thumbs and type it, type with your <laughs> thumbs. And li- literally, we Henry and I, um, when, when we were hopeless at school, not really good academically or anything like that, but we had lots of recipes already from ten years of just teaching and doing this, putting in the legwork I guess, and we pulled those recipes together and switched them up and we ended up with a thirty two thousand word document after I think twelve days, Amazing. which we emailed to my sister who 's got an English degree and young children she put in a couple of pulled a couple of all nighters. And uh, I was given, you know, and then it did go through, the publishers had their editors and so on, and recipe testers. And the book was it's out done. in time for the thing. And it was, because it was so, such a fast turnaround, they printed it in Froome. It would normally have been done in China. So my son and my dad and I went yeah. to see it being printed in Froome. And we were surrounded by, I think it was like 50,000 books with our, our book, with our recipes that we worked on for, and it just made me giddy. About I felt, a month I after just felt, you
0: started it? Yeah,
2: I just felt kind of totally, Kiddy. So this has actually been a very different process, yeah. right? In the do book, much and more
0: considered, presumably. And yeah,
2: I've really enjoyed. I've kind of, te- yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been more relaxed. Uh, I, I, I've taken time out from working to do it. I want to re- do a really good, the best job yeah. I could on it. And uh, it'll fit in a back pocket.
0: Oh, they're beautiful books. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. My Brilliant. pleasure. Brilliant. Wonderful. Charlie. Thank you. See you. There. Good luck. Yeah. See you there. I also sat down with Ella Grace Denton, who was one of the youngest speakers at this year's Do Lectures. She is someone who seems to be moving through life at an extraordinary pace. And um, I thought it'd be interesting to find out a little bit about her after her talk. She has an amazing following on Instagram, as she's going to tell us. She's also a musician and um, I think really an inspiring example of what young people can do if they just set out fearlessly to do it. So yeah, back in the um, back in the Dew Orchard. Yes. Um, Ella, um, just introduce yourself and tell tell us about you know why you're here because you you are you the youngest speaker this year here.
3: Potentially, there was a lovely girl called Sophie who might be about yes, the same age as me. Yes, about the but same age. Think...
0: Yeah, Sophie Thomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah.
3: But, um, no, around that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've introduced the do lectures, mm. and people know a bit about it. But 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 tell tell them about yourself, and and because you've done amazing things and endless different things.
3: Thank you. Um, well, my name's Ella Grace Denton. I'm 22 years old, and uh, I live in London. Um, and I have an amazing community of women on Instagram, on the platform Instagram, and we kind of talk about. I talk really openly about things that my mum wouldn't talk to me openly about. Basically. So
0: so is that was that. A, a, a mission so you've got like 200,000 followers on Instagram mm, or something mm, and it was and did you fit what so what what sort of things do you talk about
3: oh and anything from uh kind of mental health I had quite a bad bout of depression this winter and I've always been quite up and down as a person um and so I'll speak about that growing up as a woman um and not feeling kind of supported as a woman and and realizing my magic as a woman and I've I've I feel a bit sometimes in my life like Louis Theroux but just without a camera because I end up in such crazy situations and I have done my whole life by myself in TPs, in a flat in a council flat in Brixton with a guy like with pyramids and crystals. And
0: but what, what's, most, what's most striking about you as someone who, who only met you yesterday is that you seem amazingly um, fearless and, and confident, especially for a 22 year old.
3: I definitely, definitely have my fears. I think I'm just determined, and I, I, think I, I'm, I think I came out of the womb a bit fiery. So. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think I've always yeah. had
3: that kick, and like my parents are amazing, but they always have been scared for me because I think I just came into the world like yes. a, bit of a force. I've got a
0: daughter a bit like that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I think, and actually, yeah. she did come out very quickly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But so, and and and. Did you start off with a plan? I mean, you wanted to talk to women and... Are you mainly speaking to women younger than yourself? Yeah,
3: younger and around the same age. um, There was never really a plan. I basically just liked being in front of cameras and talking. I've always loved speaking and kind of... Only as I've got older, I kind of realise it does feel some kind of just like... Not channeling, but I feel really... That's what I feel I'm supposed to do, is speak. Yes. Um, and when I was younger, I always wanted to do that, so I used the platform YouTube when I was 16 and started right, putting videos okay. on there. Um, and then I went... So that, I was
0: was old, that was quite old. That was quite... Sorry, that was quite early in the um, in the in yeah. the vlogging. Yeah, well, it was when it thing, kind of... I was it?
3: just right place, right time, really. It was when it all started, and I ended up... There was a boy from my school who was a couple of years above me who I bumped into in our local gym. I was, pr- like, getting ready for my A-levels. And um, he... Had just started a YouTube channel as well, and so we started going out, going for drinks, and really, and really fell in love. And um, but he he became a huge YouTuber, a huge huge YouTuber. His name is Jack. What? Oh, you yeah. see the
0: famous yes, I've his he's twin. He's called yes, Jack okay. They yeah. now like do tours and oh, things, yeah, don't yes.
3: they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I we went to school together, but we ended up together. I was with him for four years, and we're still close friends. And um, but we kind of ended up in a group, in a kind of a circle of these young influencers leading the way and, and doing things. And I, a couple of years later, went off YouTube just because I found it quite intimidating because I was in a circle of majority men um, who were naturally quite confident and quite showy. Yes. Um, and with, with huge followings. And I felt like i a minority and I kind of had to sit back and work out, one, how I was going to get all of Jack's adoring female fans to like me as well. Yeah, uh, did they hate
0: you when, they, when oh, you... Oh, totally. Yeah. And all just, yeah. It's like being going out with one of One Direction or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, well, they hate yeah. you.
3: And so, so for me, it was like, how can I... And to vulnerability, that's where vulnerability came in for me, and learning how to be vulnerable, and especially to other women and realising, oh, this is a tool. My vulnerability is a tool. And, yes. And my honesty, and if people could connect to me on that level, maybe they won't hate me. Um,
0: and, and so, uh, have you deliberately put yourself out there to be vulnerable?
3: Uh, I didn't at the beginning. No, no. But no, you've
0: realised that kind of doing that makes um makes you know makes more connections yeah, than trying and to I, be perfect.
3: Yeah, oh a hundred percent. And I think that that's a weird thing online is that you can put out image of perfection, and I could share pictures of I could I've had issues with eating and all different things yeah. and trying to be that perfection. But actually, I've realised now, and in the age that we're going into, is that vulnerability is going to be the huge tool that brings people not above but in front of others and I I think we're moving into that age of vulnerability being the most important thing.
0: Yes, it's interesting because it's very un-British, isn't oh, it?
3: It's so, we are like, it's so un-British. And that's what's weird is that like, I've, I was, I've always been really expressive, but was kind of quashed into this un-British kind of emotionally constipated space. And, yeah. I, and we all need it. We need it more than anyone because we've been like this for so long. Yes. And it's, and it's like, we have all this, I was Did you grow up
0: in a family that, w- that was, I mean, I know you said you could talk about things mm. that, that your mum, but did you grow up in a family that, that, that did share vulnerability? How were your parents when you were depressed or, or uh, when not, you had Eastern I mean, I mean they
3: uh, it wasn't spoken about, um, but not because it, it, I also don't think it was really seen. Because I don't need, and I've talked to my mum about mental health um, and she's like, well, when I was younger, people were either mad or they weren't mad. Yeah, my parents are exactly yeah. the same. And, yeah. and, and and for me, I just I see all her pain as well in her that she's suppressed and so she wasn't great it's just very much like um get on with their attitude but bless her she tries but she just doesn't yes. know how and for her she's like I just feel i just feel in that time i wish i, I wish you could be more useful but
0: and do, you, do you, uh, so do you are you i mean so you've got these 200,000 followers do you mm. do you feel sometimes quite worried at the responsibility or because I think it's quite easy. It's you know, yeah. it's not easy. Don't get don't get me wrong. But mm. it's relatively easy to say these are my problems. Kind of open up. But then you mm. know, what happens, for example, if one of your followers starts expressing suicidal tendencies? Oh right? yeah, no,
3: I I get I, mean, I get messages quite a lot from young girls um, being like, like I'm on the verge of suicide or I've tried to commit suicide or this happened. And for me, it has been a learning thing. That's not my responsibility, and I have to, and I and I don't put myself out there as yes. that person.
0: And so you you will just say to them. You'll oh, say that in one word. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or I'll just
3: say, I'll, just say, I'll put, guide them in the direction of help, but I don't feel I can be that person for me. Mm. Because online, I, don't, I, I try not to. And I think because I put myself out as vulnerable, people see me as someone who might be a teacher of that, but it's not. I'm just trying to work out as I go along and sharing that journey. Yes. Um, so and I think people and allowing
0: t- them to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think
3: people feel they can confide in you when you confide in them.
0: Of course they do. And then and then just sort of um, as the bell's going. Um, <laughs> uh, so you've also now you've become a singer. Oh, yeah, a musician. Yeah, yeah. You know what? So
3: yeah, it's funny. Is that something
0: you always wanted to do? Yeah,
3: I've always yeah. been a singer, but I've never admitted it. And I had um, yeah, when I was about ten years old, I did singing lessons, and my singing teacher, when I was in the toilets after singing lessons, came in talking to another teacher, and obviously I had a really bad day, and just went. Oh God, the the people I just had was absolutely shit. She was shocking. And I was in the toilet like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And that was, that was it. And and I, there's a few other things that happened, but that was, from then every time I tried to sing, my legs shook.
0: Yes. So just, just to wrap up, do you get the sense that you can um, do whatever you want to do? Anyone can. Yeah.
3: I get the sense that anyone can and we're just not taught it. Yeah and that's the magic
0: and, and then one final question yeah. what what would you what's the thing the book the music the film that you would recommend to people today that you're loving that you've Ooh, loved
3: uh, Big Magic Elizabeth Gilbert it's a book and uh, I think it's an audiobook as well but Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert okay. it is just like the, the key to unlocking that door of I can do anything
0: okay right well that's it thank you very very much for uh downloading and listening to this edition of my podcast i really hope you enjoyed it as you can probably tell i had a wonderful weekend at the do lectures and i hope that i've given you a little flavor of what i enjoyed about it if you like my podcast do me a favor please and um subscribe and rate it and subscribe to it and rate it on um itunes Um, i'm not craving popularity really but i would love it if you'd listen so thanks very much to you for listening thanks to my friend Jim Friend for editing and I will see you soon bye